I think I've had uh, 25 coronavirus tests now at this point. Oh, shit, I've had one. <laughs> so, yeah, I've had one of those sticks shoved in my nose, like, uh, more times than I care to... Did somebody else do it? Because when I did it, I had to do it myself. Are you serious? Yeah, we... The CVS, which is a pharmacy here, you know, it's got like a drive-through for medication. Yeah, yeah. But you go there and you're like, "Hey, I'm here for a test. I scheduled online." They hand you a bag, and you do it in your car, and they walk you through it, and then you drop it in a box. There, they just like tell you what to do. I did it in my car. Are you for real? Hello, pod people, and welcome back to another episode of Big Bad Nonsense. I am Sock, sitting, as always, with my faithful co-host, Biscuit. What's up, motherfuckers? How we all doing? Did we die when, uh, you know, the guy left? Now the older guy came in? You know, the White House thing? We good? I, 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 you tell us. I, I'm, I'm European. Uh, yes, I mean, you guys don't know shit about shit. Um, <laughs> it wasn't the disaster I thought it was going to be. Uh, I mean, I other than the part where a bunch of idiots tried to take over the fucking Capitol building. But, like, the actual election, it wasn't the nightmare I thought it'd be. So that's fun. Some shit did go down. Uh, yeah. Uh, one of the most embarrassing days i've ever had as an american and i mean we've we've had uh, we've had some beauties i mean that was i mean everybody knows about by now we don't need to go into detail on but god what a absolute disgrace well i i think i think one of my perspectives having watched it on television and i don't know if americans get this perspective too but I think we were very close to watching a bunch of members of Congress being zip-tied and held hostage. Yeah, the only reason that didn't happen was because the people doing it were so stupid that once they actually got in, I don't think they thought they were going to get that far. And so then they were just kind of like, well, shit, now what do we do? And like, one guy took the podium. It's like, okay. But, uh, yeah, as it was happening and they were running it over i i mean i was um you know texting people i was like there's gonna be a member of congress dead by the end of today like i thought that's where we we're going it it's but cer- um it certainly yeah, looked that way uh speaking of things that people aren't prepared for do you have a joke for us oh yeah oh, it's <laughs> uh yeah it's a good one <laughs> so all right so what's Another word for frenemies. I don't know. Opposable chums. That one's really lame. Da, 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 da. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. You, you, you don't. Just people spiking their phones off the ground in anger. <laughs> you don't happen to have that joke book around somewhere, do you? <laughs> uh, it's somewhere, but. <laughs> I overheard that one this week, actually, and I was like, that's a turd. I'm going to use it. (laughs) Okay, now that our listener base has dropped down to zero, uh, should we move on with the show? Yeah. Yeah, let's do the the thing. Okay. (laughs) Okay.
Biscuit. What? Say something positive. I love a sunny day. There we go. Have you been having any sunny days? Um, not this past week, but more often than not, maybe it'll be sunny today. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I've had a couple sunny days too. I would say that's my positive note as well. Yeah, isn't that wonderful? I mean, we're, we're getting down to slim pickings over the past year. It's like, say something positive. Like, I, I don't have it yet. <laughs> well, you, you're going to have to look for the little things that are good because I'm going to keep doing this segment at the beginning of the show. Oh my god, man, uh, I feel like this is revenge for the jokes. Uh, it could be, uh, if you want to assume that it is, go ahead. Uh, but basically, I think that we need to have a little bit more uh, light in the world, so it might be good to say that, you know, something positive has happened, regardless of how small it is. You know, one of my little side projects is I get, like, free stickers from people online, I'm making a poster out of them. And one of them's this one that says in, like, rainbow colors, positivity. So there you go. There's my second positive thing for you. It's a sticker. All right. Why not? All right. Yeah. Yeah, we can drop that part in post. Okay, let's open up the mailbag. All righty. Guess what? There's only one letter. And I bet I know who it's from. Okay, let's hear your guesses. Seagal guy. <laughs> So John writes to us. <laughs> Goof fuck. John writes to us, uh, talk about Steven Seagal's lawman. I'm not even sure I know what that means, but no. <laughs> Actually, this is probably the best suggestion that John has given us. Well, I mean, there's so many winners to pick from. Uh, I don't. So you're not familiar with Steven Seagal's lawman? Is that a movie? No, Steven Seagal's Lawman was a reality TV show that Steven Seagal did. Um, because I, I, I don't know if you're aware that he was like a reserve police officer in a few American states. I didn't know that. You realize John's winning right now, right? You're talking about him. Yeah, but the, the, he's actually... <laughs> it actually is a good topic for a future show. I mean, that's something I didn't know. and that That's very on brand for him. For, for Steven Seagal well, or for John? Uh, I mean, both, I guess. I meant Seagal. Okay. Well, John, thank you for not making this segment a complete embarrassment. <laughs> we need one buffer, because sometimes nobody else gives a shit. Okay, uh, I will remind people that BigBadNonsense at gmail.com is our email address, or at BigBadNonsense on Twitter. Please send us messages. I know that, you know, notes from John and things like that make it sound like you have to say something strange to get on the show. You really don't. No, I mean, well, we have one guy that said that I ruled and you were a dork or something. Yeah, that was pretty a cool. Huge, yeah, I mean, the greatest moment of my life. But, <laughs> I, mean, yeah, I mean, you can tell us what the weather is. I don't care. But Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, do, we, do, we like to hear from people who actually do listen to us. Yeah, because apparently there are some. <laughs> there's, there's quite a few, actually, if I'm reading the statistics correctly at SoundCloud. Like, surprisingly high number. So, <laughs> but, uh, I mean, I digress. Like, send me a picture of your tits. That would be wonderful. Whatever. <laughs> Just reach out. Okay, we'll make this commitment now. If you send us a picture of your boobs, uh, Biscuit will send you a picture of his. Yeah, I'll do that. <laughs> I'll sign off on that right now. 
You see these hairy man flapjacks in all their glory. <laughs> with that alarming note, let's move on with the show. I hope nobody's been eating. Biscuit. What? Biscuit. What? Biscuit. What? I have some advice for you. Greater men than you have tried. <laughs> Did you know that if you have cold feet, you can warm them up with a hot bag of soup? I suppose that's technically true. Okay. Probably the best way to do it, but... I mean, it worked. It, it, there we go. That's exactly the reaction I was looking for, because although that suggestion is completely silly, uh, it is in fact true that it would work, and uh, it would probably work quite well. Yeah. It's also wasteful. Like, I'm finding more problems as I go here. <laughs> there are several problems with it besides the fact that it's silly. But in the end, if you had cold feet and you put them on a bag of hot soup, you would have warm feet. Yeah. So there you go, guys. Problem solved. Okay, so with the whole notion that, you know, a very silly idea can actually have a factual or truthful result, uh, we're going to turn our attention to Reddit. <laughs> I mean, there was a couple ways I could have been going. That one applies. <laughs> Toilet. <laughs> okay, Reddit... You know, uh, for all its faults, it does have some useful forums. Like, I, I do use Reddit uh, in various different ways, but usually only for my niche hobbies and things like that. Uh, Biscuit, I think you've also browsed Reddit as well. I use it for, they got, like, a subreddit that people just post, like, free shit you can get, like, samples and stuff. I use it for that. Is that how you get all your stickers? That's how I get all my stickers. It's how I got the deodorant I'm using right now. I got like all sorts of CBD shit. Um, it, it's still got a lot of problems, but it was way worse like five years ago. Like they've, they've dusted it off pretty good. Yeah, I mean, it's part of the evolution of social media. It's, it, it, it starts out, it seems like a good idea, then it tanks really quickly, and then things tend to improve. Yeah. I mean, speaking of shitty stuff on social media, Jack gave me a 12-hour ban for yelling at a guy making fun of a sexual assault victim the other day. So, good job by Twitter. I'm Real not... Clean. I mean, they're making the world a better place. <laughs> I'm not surprised, because these people who uh, harass other people on Twitter, especially for things relating to things like sexual assault, when you come back at them they tend to hit that report post button really quickly because they are a bunch of wusses. Yeah, a bunch of dickless guys. Yeah, no, I mean, he even replied, he was like, please stop harassing me, and I just... My initial reply was, go fuck yourself. He said, please stop harassing me. I said, go fuck yourself again. Twitter vacation. But, uh, okay, so biscuit tangent number one complete. <laughs> <laughs> now, Biscuit, if I'm not mistaken, you are also a user of Robinhood. I was. Um, up until about a year ago, I've moved over to SoFi, but I'm familiar with the platform. I use it for a while. Okay, so I might have to get you to fill me in on some stuff here because I have never used Robinhood. I don't think you can buy stocks from Europe with it. I'm sure that listeners are probably very clear on where we're going right now. It's been all over the news. What are we going to be talking about, Biscuit? Uh, we're talking about these real aggressive short squeezes that was um, 
in the simplest of terms, the little guys looking at hedge funds and being like, you know what, fuck you, we can do it too. <laughs> and um, and big money, as it always does, it backed the billionaires and it squashed them. But made the market very volatile for a little while, and I was in the middle of it, and we won't go into numbers, but on one of them, I did very well, and one of them, I got my ass kicked. Well, that's the nature of the stock market. Yeah, I mean, I'm green overall, but man, um, so we're talking about like GameStop. We're just talking about the GameStop uh, stock, that's such a tongue twister, GameStop, stop, games, yeah. Yeah, I fucked it up too, it's okay, but... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Let's just call it GameStock. Yeah, I'm fine. All right. So the GameStock controversy uh, that happened very recently. So for those of you who are unaware, which is probably very few people, there is a Reddit, a subreddit on Reddit called the Wall Street Bets Trading Forum, and they are basically a bunch of psychopaths. I mean, that's an accurate assessment. I think it um, got taken down for a while, but it came back, correct? Like, it's still up now. It is up now. It was down for a little bit, but it's up again. So Reddit deleted the subreddit uh, on the, I guess, because of hate speech or something was their official statement, but it is back up now. I don't know what they've done to make it come back up now. I don't know if they said you have to apply some rules to it or something. I don't know. But the the people who go on there are crazy people. Like, it's called Wall Street Bets, and that's really what it is. It's like people gambling with Wall Street. They're basically yeah. laying, you know, $10,000 on black and seeing what comes up on the roulette table. Yeah, it's, um, it's a subreddit for people that regular gambling, they, like want to throw some chili pepper on it you know they they need a little extra kick in the nuts mm-hmm. and so they this which is it's just absolutely psychotic because you're just choosing to fight billionaires to have all the cards for no reason well let's give a little bit of an explanation about what exactly happened with this so Even now, with lots of explanations floating around on the internet, some people are still a little bit confused about what exactly happened with GameStop stocks. Biscuit, what is your understanding about all of it? I mean, I can only give you a pretty simplistic um, explanation of it, but it's basically a bunch of people decided to buy into the stock to pump up its value all at once in great succession, so it raised to a point that the hedge funds, they they didn't want to sell it at that price. Like, it got unreasonably high, and that was the whole point of the movement. So the I hedge funds... I would say that, yeah, I would say that's a pretty good assessment. Let's bring out some analogies here, because throughout this episode, we're going to be talking about a lot of stock market bullshit, which is what a lot of it is. It's bullshit. Um, but some of it's pretty confusing and stupid, so... I want to introduce an analogy here, and one thing that is important to understand is short selling. Now, what is short selling? I'm going to use the example here. I have a bicycle. Biscuit comes to me, and he says, listen, let me borrow your bicycle. And I say, Biscuit, sure, you can borrow it, but you have to pay me a little bit of interest on the time that you have it, and your time is limited or whatever. Okay? Biscuit's borrowing my bicycle. He's giving me a little bit of fees to borrow that. 
I'm with you. You're with me. Okay, fantastic. Now, Biscuit takes my bicycle, and he goes to someone else, and he sells it. Kind of a dick move by me, huh, guys? <laughs> Ain't I a stinker? <laughs> well, you would think it's a dick move, but no matter what, you have to return that bicycle to me in, say, like a year or whatever term we've agreed to. So let's say you borrowed that bicycle and you sold it. I don't really care because no matter what, you owe me a bicycle. You have to give me that bicycle back, and until you do, you're paying interest on that bicycle. Now, what Biscuit's done is he sold my bicycle for, say, $100. What he's going to do is he's going to wait a little bit until something happens. Maybe people discover that bicycles give you cancer or something like that. And nobody wants bicycles anymore. So he's going to go out and he's going to go buy that bicycle back for $20 and he's going to give it back to me. Yeah, that's, that's accurate. So what we're getting at here is short selling. You're basically putting your money on wanting something to fail. Exactly. Exactly, right? He has expected this price drop to occur. So basically what he's done is he's made $80 of profit by borrowing my bicycle, selling it, buying it back when it's cheaper, and then giving it back to me. I don't care. I have my bicycle back, right? That was the promise, right? He paid me a little bit of money to borrow that bicycle. I have it back. He's made $80. Da -da 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 -da. <laughs> This is what they call a short position, and it is key to understanding what happens next. Now, I'd also like to make something else very clear, that the person Biscuit sold my bicycle to, so person C, can do the exact same thing. They can lend, because now they own that bicycle technically, they can lend that bicycle out to somebody else, and that person can do the same thing. They can borrow that bicycle, they can sell it on the market, and then they can return it to that person in a year or so, or whatever they've agreed to. So you might notice that there's a bit of a problem developing here because this is the same bicycle. The number of bicycles hasn't increased. We're still talking about one bicycle. Yeah, and I mean, and if this is getting a little complicated in your head, I... I understand that, uh, one, because all our listeners are fucking idiots, and two, because, I mean, I got a substantial amount of skin in the game, and even I'm still kind of, like, coming to terms with it a little bit. Like, there is, uh, the way my father, who spends a lot of time playing the stock ponies, described it to me, is um, investing isn't a team sport. So, you know, everybody's kind of out to get you. Pretty much, right? It's like uh, everyone loses money is basically how it ends up going. It, I mean, there have to be losers for there to be winners, yeah. Yeah, at one point or another, okay? So to continue on with this analogy, imagine that this one bicycle that Biscuit has borrowed from me, the same thing has happened over and over and over again. So somebody has bought that bicycle from him, they've loaned it to somebody else who has sold it, and then... That person has loaned it to another person. So this same bicycle, this same single bicycle, could be loaned out and sold multiple times over. These are people taking in a short position. They're all gambling that the price of the bicycle will go down. They can go out, buy that bicycle back, return it to the person they were supposed to return it to, and then voila, end of story. When you're wrong, you get your ass kicked, but when you're right, you can make a killing in... Um I mean, you can make an average person's salary in a couple of days if you guess right doing this. Oh, absolutely. Now, 
to flip things around, let's imagine that instead of discovering that bicycles cause cancer and the price goes down, instead what happens is people say, oh look, there's a pandemic, having a bicycle is actually a pretty good thing, the price of bicycles go up. Yeah, and that happened to a lot of people with game stock. Like, um, my personal part of it, I bought in when it was like 56. I bought a handful. I sold when it was at like 90. And then it went up to like 400 and I wanted to jump out a window. But I made a little bit of money. Um, and I, I was talking to my dad about it. I was like, oh my God, that would have been like thousands if I held. And he said to me, well, on the plus side, I mean, short sellers on this just went bankrupt. So you're doing pretty good in comparison. Because like, short sellers got their ass kicked on that. Oh, they did, right? So just go back to this bicycle analogy one final time. That bicycle, let's say it goes up in value to $1,000. Now Biscuit has to scramble around the market and buy that bicycle for $1,000 because he still owes me a bicycle. He's got to give it back to me. And while he's doing it, so are all these other people who have bought and sold and borrowed and sold and all these other things multiple times, and they're all scrambling for that one bicycle. So then it doesn't just stay at $1,000. That bicycle goes up to $2,000, and that's $2,000 that Biscuit did not have. Yeah, um, the name of the game with short selling, there's no, like, I did okay on that one. You either hit a home run or you struck out. And I and this one, because of the surge of the little people, like, shorts, I know I just said it, but God, I, I mean, I've never seen anything like it. Short sellers getting their ass kicked like that. Exactly. So if we were to, like, let go of this analogy now, the bicycle represents stock, a bunch of people on the Wall Street Bets uh, subreddit decided, hey, a short position is coming due very soon on GameStop stock. Let's all buy into it. The price will go up. All these people who were short selling are going to have to try and buy back that stock at a raised price, so they're going to lose money. And on top of that, because they're all trying to buy back this stock, the price is going to go up even further. So we've gone from maybe $12 a share or whatever GameStop was worth to up to, I think it was $460 at its peak? Something like that. I mean, I tried to not look at it because, I mean, I, I told you my story and it just, like, it kept going up and I was just like, oh my God. <laughs> but I, I tried to just look at, I made some money and not think about what I did make. But yeah, it, it got around that range. Yeah, exactly. So this isn't a matter of all these people who have to go out and pay, you know, they bought it for maybe $12 and they have to go out and pay like 8 or 5 or something to get it back. Now they have bought it for $12, they have to go out and they have to buy it for 100 200 300 to close off their short, short positions. So it ruined them. It really did ruin them. Melvin Capital, I think, is the biggest example. They lost uh, 53% of their value just on this shorting stock. Yeah, um, I think there was at least one notable hedge fund that they went bankrupt outright. Uh, and people doing it on an individual level, I mean, it's got to be thousands. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh 
I, I don't even think the damage can be fully assessed yet. Uh, the hedge funds, it's hard to gauge because a lot of these hedge funds that, you know, invested in this short position, they probably got backing from other rich people like these rich people always seem to gang up to save them. These individual people who were doing it, they probably weren't so lucky. No, they didn't have that same backing. But yeah, um, as Robin Hood proved, you know, when big money's in trouble, big money protects big money. Okay, so Biscuit, with all of this, uh, you have to wonder with this whole action by Wall Street Bets against this short position and everything, is this legal? What do you think? I think it absolutely is. It's the same fucking thing that hedge funds do. But they're mad because the poors are doing it. So, um, is it... <laughs> this is going to sound stupid. Um, is it legal in a legal sense? No. But I think it's okay. <laughs> because the hedge funds are doing the exact same thing. They're just mad that somebody else is doing it. Well, that's the thing about all of this, right? I did a lot of research for this episode, trying to figure out, you know, different aspects of market manipulation to find out what exactly constitutes market manipulation. Now, there's a lot of stuff that goes on every day, which could fall under the definition of market manipulation, because it's a very vague term, but happens regularly and nobody bats an eye about it. But then there are some things that, you know, end up on the radar and those are very clearly market manipulation. So the best legal opinion I've been able to come up with is it depends. Basically, um, and like what Robin Hood did, um, combating this thing, ironically was like right in your face, look at me, you can't stop me, F you, market manipulation. So while they may technically be correct saying that this was manipulation, you can't complain about it and then fight it by doing the same damn thing. Well, we'll get to Robin Hood in just a moment. Like, they're going to be the bulk of what we're talking about today. But before we even do, let's just take a moment to look at both Wall Street bets and hedge funds. It's important to note that when these companies like these hedge funds, take out a short position, they're announcing to the world that they're expecting this company to fail. And oftentimes these companies will fail just because of the giant short position that these people are taking. Yeah, because um, most people invested in the stock market, um, they kind of fly loosely. They'll just like Google something and you know, read the top result or two and be like, oh, I should buy that or I should sell that. And these hedge funds know that, that if they just, like, take a bullhorn out and are like, yeah, that one's bullshit, that'll be a trending story and a lot of people will be on board because they will read an article for 15 seconds. Mm -hmm. That's what they got to do. So is that market manipulation? Yes, in the sense that it's kind of pushing the market in one direction. But in terms of, like, the law, no one's going to arrest them for it. No, I mean, that would – if somebody even tried to start that, there would be this First Amendment war on it. That would be such a mess that nobody would even dare try. Now, the other side of the coin is that people are accusing Wall Street bets of doing sort of maybe a pump-and-dub scheme or something like that. Are they doing market manipulation? Because they came yep. out and said – like, look, GameStop, they acquired new shareholders. They got that guy from Chewy 
on their board of directors. He has made a major investment in it. He's told them what he thinks sucks about their company. He uh, also has a lot of experience with web distribution. He might be able to take this company in a new direction. The stock is actually undervalued. So is that market manipulation? They're coming out and saying that they see value in the company. So what's the problem? I mean, it it's one of those things that is it market manipulation? Yes, but they can always fall back on exactly what you just said. They'd be like, I'm just saying I see value in it. You call me a fucking liar? Eh, we got a problem? <laughs> and I mean, it, it's kind of the end of it. It's one of those things that it's not what you know, it's what you can prove. As I mentioned, there is the whole idea of a pump and dump scheme, but that seems to me, now, again, I'm not a lawyer, I'm not a legal expert, but a pump and dump, (laughs) biscuit is, but a pump and dump scheme is something where you lie about the profitability or the viability of a company in order to drive the stock up and then sell out your position before that all crashes to zero. So basically you're taking something worthless, trying to convince people in reality it's not what it is, and then, you know, making a large profit when you sell off your stock in it. But enough about Bitcoin. (laughs) Ah, Bitcoin. I have money in Bitcoin. I still think it's stupid as shit. (laughs) But I know that it goes up for no reason, so I'm right. <laughs> hey, look, I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna dispute that. I own I, I gamble in cryptocurrencies as well. That's the thing. We are we are not rich people, Biscuit and I. We look to improve our lives in any way that we can. And if we have to play this stupid game known as trading, we're gonna do it. We don't like it, we think it's stupid. But we're going to do it, and that's what a lot of average people do. Yeah, I mean, that's the intent of most people. I mean, I work with a couple of guys that they start playing the ponies because they're just trying to make a buck. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I've never used Bitcoin. I have no intention of ever using it. I got money in it. To the moon, baby! <laughs> anyway, that brings us back to Robin Hood. So, when GameStop stock was going skywards, as it was very quickly, basically taking down a lot of these short sellers with it, Robinhood, and now let's be fair here, they weren't the only online trading platform, but Robinhood disabled all trades, not all trades actually, but any ability to buy GameStop stock on its platform. You could sell it, but you couldn't buy it. You could sell it, thus bringing the price of it back down, maybe assisting the short sellers in some way, but you could not buy it. You could not buy into it, and they also blocked a few other shares, I believe, AMC, the theater company, and Nokia. I I think American Airlines, too. Wasn't that one of the ones they were trying to bump? I'm not sure. There was a lot of stocks that were named at one point or another on Wall Street Bets as a potential for this. But I think the big three were GameStop and AMC and Nokia were the big three. Well, um, on SoFi, the official sponsor of Big Bad Nonsense, you could buy GameStop all the way through and ride or die. So kudos, (laughs) and I'll wait for your check. (laughs) It's not a good idea to promote something 
before they've even offered us money. Yeah, well. <laughs> but if you, if you guys want us, okay, if it's anyone but Rob, actually Robin Hood, if you want to offer us money, we'll promote I'll, you too. I'll take Robin Hood. I'll t- I mean, shit, that uh, Thailand, like KFC Hitler, they want to give us money, whatever. I, I think I'm going to draw the line at KFC Hitler. I mean, what if it was like a really nice Jack? Uh, if we have to Paul. promote... <laughs> if we have to promote Nazism uh, instead of just chicken, then I'm, I might still say no. We hear a big bad nonsense. Think Hitler sucks. Moving on. <laughs> okay, anyway. Now, the obvious question here in the case of Robin Hood stopping all trading is for what reason? Now, several people pointed out that, well, let, let's actually back up just a little bit. Biscuit, how does Robin Hood make money? I don't know the right way to explain it, but um, to give you like a 10,000 foot view on the company, like you get a free share of a random stock when you sign up. It's named Robin Hood for fuck's sake. They act like um, they're there for the little guys. You probably got a better explanation than I do, but basically they're like a gopher guy for hedge funds that they fulfill orders for. They're a third party. Uh, who is Robin Hood? Yeah. Okay, I think I do have a better explanation. <laughs> I I figured by your pause you did. You're like, what the fuck? Did you just <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So to basically and keep this in mind this is just general advice for everybody anything you use if it's free you are the product keep that in mind uh yep yes right when it comes to facebook youtube twitter anything like that even robin hood if they say this service is free it's because you are the product yeah i mean they're again the the name is so deliberately chosen and the you get something free when you sign up. Like, they're not on your side. They were just good at masking that until this nightmare happened for them. And then right in front of you, they're like, nah, we don't need you. So here's how Robinhood makes its money exactly. They do something called payment for order flow. And basically what that means is they are paid by a brokerage company to channel all their orders through them. So here's how it works. You place an order on Robinhood. That order goes to a brokerage company. That brokerage company makes money off of fulfilling your order. Robinhood gets a kickback from that. It's basically like a pay-to-play sort of situation. Now... That's exactly what I said. (laughs) Now, normally, what a broker would do is they would charge you a commission to go and find someone to fulfill the order for you. And the reason that's actually in your interest to get a broker to do that for you is because that broker is going to go out and find you the best price. Because when you see a stock trading, the price that it's trading at isn't always the exact price. So if it says that you you can buy or sell this stock for $10, what they really mean is you can buy it for somewhere between $9.50 and 
and $10.50 or something like that. So it's not always exactly $10 because there are people who are making bids, who are taking orders, who want to sell for the best price and people who want to pay just a little bit less. So what they're doing is they're channeling all these orders through this fulfillment center and that fulfillment center is you know, not looking to give you the best price. They're just selling it for the upper end of that range. Yeah, they're looking for the highest price they can sell it to you without it getting rejected. Like, when you put these bids in, it's not instant, especially if it's something that's really volatile. Like, I'll put in buy orders or even sell orders for things, and it'll sit pending for hours. Like, it is not snap of the fingers. Because if you could do that, you could fuck them over pretty good. Mm-hmm. But it, it's, it's what you said. It's people that they're looking for the best margin that will be accepted. Exactly. Now, because they're not taking commission, Robinhood doesn't have any obligation to look for the best price for you. So instead of looking on the lower end, they just say whatever. It goes on the higher end. This company turns around and returns money to Robinhood about maybe 2.6 cents for every $100 that is spent through them. So all that money goes through this brokerage company. This brokerage company turns around with all the extra money they made and they give a chunk back to Robinhood. And isn't that nice? It's just like the superhero. (laughs) They were actually fined $1.25 million for this because they weren't putting in more stricter controls to ensure that you get the best price. This episode of Big Bad Nonsense is made possible by Super Bowl. I didn't know that. And I'm sure they went out of their way to make sure I didn't know that. This is a strange gray area. There are a lot of people, usually the ones who are making the most money, who argue that this payment for order flow is an essential thing in order to get people involved with the market. There are other people who are arguing this just gives a way for people to gouge people out of money they don't know that they're losing. Yeah, it's the, it's the second one, heavily. Um, the, these sort of companies, and I'm... I mean, I use SoFi, the official sponsor of Big Bad Nonsense. I'm sure they do stuff in the background, too, and I just haven't discovered it yet. Whereas Robin, they got put on center stage, so we all saw it. I, I think I think it's important to mention right now that even though Biscuit keeps mentioning his trading platform, and we're talking a lot about trading right now, I want to warn people that we do not directly endorse gambling with stocks or recommending anything that you might hear we do or that you hear other people do on this episode because no (laughs) no and i mean i lead you guys astray just because i thought it was funny but um like anything you look at online that's just somebody giving free stock advice they're not doing it because they're altruistic they want to help people they're doing it to help their position mm-hmm. and if, if you, you want to play the stock ponies go in slowly like, exactly don't put something in that you're fucked if you lose because you're going to get bit sometimes you're going to get bit and i'd like to point out too that a lot of this stuff is very complicated you're not going to learn how to do it just by listening to us on this episode or even reading multitudes of stuff online if you don't understand it, 
don't do it. Yeah. I mean, you're not going to learn shit listening to us, but um, like <laughs> some five-minute video from some YouTube guy that's got like, you know, a fucking whiteboard and a marker that's like crash course in stocks or whatever. It's if that did it, then everybody would be rich. Just re- remember that. Even even myself, I gamble around a lot with cryptocurrencies, and that's what it is. This is gambling, right? I people call it trading, but it's gambling. I do that and people are offering me like every platform that I use they offer me different things all the time it's like try this system try this system and if I don't understand it I'm not going to do it I stick with what I understand and everything I've invested is things I am prepared to lose like all the money that I currently hold in those as far as I'm concerned that money is gone. Maybe I'll get something back in the future, but right now I act as if I don't have that money. And that's probably the safest way to do it. Yeah, it's fun money. Exactly. Surprise money, if you will. <laughs> anyway, so back to Robin Hood. Now, the whole scandal that evolved here is, as I mentioned, so they are doing payment for order flow. They are channeling your orders through uh, one fulfillment company and that fulfillment company is known as Citadel. They are the ones who actually solidify your trade. Now Citadel, when Melvin Capital lost 53% of its value losing potentially billions over this short squeeze that occurred, Citadel was one of the companies that gave them a boost of several million dollars to keep them afloat. So drawing Connections between the dots, it doesn't take much to say maybe Citadel put some pressure on Robin Hood, stop the trading because you're hurting the guys who are our buddies and we're investing a lot of capital to keep them afloat. Yeah, no, they absolutely put a squeeze on. It's, I mean, to look at the chain of events and say otherwise, you're either stupid or you're being dishonest on purpose. Now, with that said, I do have to be slightly fair to Robin Hood in that there is possibly another explanation for this. Boo! <laughs> and that is that they were waiting for different orders to clear. Now, this is something that happens in the stock market. When a lot of people are trading on one stock, none of these transactions are actually happening at the moment. Like, if you buy a stock, that goes to a clearinghouse they organize everything they say yes okay it went off the books here it went onto the books here and then the stock is cleared yes this person owns the stock now when there's a lot of trading sometimes that cannot happen fast enough and you will see it in even places like wall street you know trading can be shut down to slow people down if there's a panic and also because these clearinghouses just cannot keep up this is the reason why other companies such as Webull, which is a similar type of program to Robinhood, said that they were shutting down their trading on theirs because they had to wait for everything to clear. While the explanation makes sense, I'm just such a pessimist, and I know that if they fulfilled all those orders at their peak, they couldn't cover it, Robinhood I'm referring to. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I it, it's how they framed it, too. I mean... They didn't even say it that way, did they? They were kind of like, we're stopping it to protect you. And it, it came off so disingenuous that I have trouble buying it. 
Well, that's the thing, because the CEO of Robinhood, he did go on television, and he gave a very, very bad explanation about it. It, it was incomprehensible, his explanation, really. Now, I'm not doing this because I want to defend Robinhood. I just want to make it clear that there's another possible explanation. And let's be fair here, it could be both. It could be aspects of both, yes. It could be both. But at the end of the day... Like any other company that's ever existed, their priorities covering their own ass. So when they say they're doing it to protect the little guy, I immediately get skeptical. Absolutely. And if the stocks clearing were such a big issue, why didn't they also stop the ability to sell? Yeah. <laughs> that's a big one. <laughs> Right. If the issue is clearing who owns the stock and getting all the transactions done, then it would make more sense to be able to stop the both buying and selling of the stock, which if they had done, I would probably lean more to saying, yeah, they probably have to wait for their house, their clearing house to, you know, certify it. Yeah, I mean, that would be a more thorough way if you are if your argument is I have to halt everything to get caught up with all the shit. Then halt everything, not yep. just what coincidentally benefits you and let it, what helps you keep running. That makes people that have a skeptical eye, man, that's the word of the day for me, huh? Um, look at it and be like, huh, well, that's kind of fucked up. That basically covers the entirety of the GameStop stock situation. But I'd like to go on bashing Robinhood a little bit more if I could. I'm going to allow it. <laughs> Robin Hood has a long history of doing things that are not only sketchy, but also downright terrible. So as I've already mentioned, right, they're doing this whole payment for order flow situation. They've been fined several million dollars over this. Uh, well, not several million, 1.25 million. It's an exact number over the fact that they're not trying to guarantee the best prices for their customers. Now, there are several other things that they've done that are just sketchy as fuck and reasons more than enough to not want to put any money through Robinhood. For example, they offered customers a savings account on their platform. I don't know if you ever heard about this when you were using it. Uh, yeah, I believe it was one of those put in X amount, we'll match it sort of things that... They were big at giving stuff away to get you onto the platform, which should be enough reason to uh, cause alarm. Mm -hmm. They basically offered a savings account. So basically store your money on Robinhood. We will give you a 3% interest rate, which is uh, considerably higher than the current interest. Like that's, that's, that's a better interest rate than my mortgage is, the amount of money that I'm paying to the bank. So... It is an insane yeah. interest rate. Now, they can't do that. They're not a bank. But other than that, what issues do you have? <laughs> when you give someone a savings account uh, through a bank, a bank has to be licensed. They have to follow several regulations. They have to cert guarantee a certain amount of money on hand in order to cover that amount that you've invested with them. They have to show where the money is being invested. They have to issue you tax receipts on the returns that you get on the interest rate that they're giving you and to just as a trading platform turn around and do that violates 
incredible numbers of financial laws, not just in the United States, but abroad. And to do it with a 3% interest rate, which is, I'm going to guess, probably about double or at least 30% higher what you could get from just, you know, buying bonds or storing at a bank is incredibly illegal. I mean, it's, I don't even know what the interest rate for a savings account in America is right now. Because I don't have Because it's like, it's, unless you're putting a substantial amount into it, it's not even worth it. But, I mean, fuck 3%. I'm not sure it's even one. I feel like it's less. If, uh, if you were to get a savings account right now, I think the best that you could hope for, like just an open account where nothing is locked or anything like that, is about 0.1%. Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't think it's even one. Like it's, and you gotta you gotta hit a minimum for it to even have interest, like a couple grand, or you won't even get shit. It'll just sit there. Yeah, I believe that if you put a large chunk of change in a savings account, you might get something as high as half a percent. Yeah. Oh, well, look at me, I'm the monopoly man. Okay, but that's the important thing here. They are not a bank, so you're storing money with them. And they don't have any of the regulatory oversight, any of the terms and conditions that a bank has to apply to a savings account. They're just saying, yes, yeah, store it with us. We'll give you 3%. So in theory, they legally could one day be like, yeah, we lost it. <laughs> Oops. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean. Well, I, I don't know. I don't know if they could do that. Like th- the, the whole thing is illegal, right? You, you just can't do that if you're not a bank. And they got hammered over this. And as far as I know, you cannot do this on their platform anymore. Sounds like they got hammered when they came up with it. Hey, <laughs> All of these things that we've mentioned so far. So both the GameStop situation and this 3% interest rate, like those two things alone are red flags as a company and makes me wonder why they're even allowed to be a company anymore. Yeah, it's getting to that point. Um, like I said, I got off that platform and moved to SoFi like a year ago. The official sponsor, Big Bad Nonsense. <laughs> but um, even if I hadn't moved already, what's gone on with this the past couple of weeks? I'd be getting out of there now anyway. Okay. Not long ago, more than 200 accounts on Robinhood were compromised. Go on. Because in their in-house sort of computer system, they were storing user information in clean text, as in not encrypted text, but clean text. So it wouldn't be long before someone figured out how to access this, and just about 200 accounts were compromised. Well, that sounds fun. This is not good for a company that's dealing with people's money. (laughs) To use no encryption whatsoever? Yeah, I'd say that's... I'd be upset. Now, as for the full extent of the damage, we don't know, because, you know, whatever problems happen, Robinhood probably compensated people, took care of it or whatever, told them to be hush-hush about it. But we don't know the full amount of damage. But this is the reality, that these people who run what is probably the largest retail trader platform on smart devices were not... Sure. Yeah, we're not taking the appropriate precautions to protect user data. 
<laughs> they just had like a username and password and like they had the fucking Windows notepad open on the screen. That's it basically what list. it is. That's exactly what it is in clean text. Like, so if you went through the files, like it's not like a bunch of like zeros and numbers and, and weird code symbols. It was clean text. Now, I don't know if it was on a notepad file, but it was stored in clean text. It, it does. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the kicker right there. Like that is, they didn't think they'd get this far and they're just kind of ride or die. And that's how that comes off. <laughs> now, uh, the GameStop situation was not the first time that Robinhood had a run-in with Wall Street bets. Well, <laughs> so uh, <laughs> it wasn't so long ago that Wall Street bets discovered what they called the infinite money glitch. Man, is that still a thing? Because, like, if so, I gotta go. <laughs> It is not a thing anymore. If you try it on Robinhood now, you will be banned. Eh, well, fuck. <laughs> so, basically, now, I'm going to get into more financial explanation here, but here's how it works. Some users on Wall Street Bets discovered that you could convince Robinhood to loan you more money than was even imaginable to you as a user. They had this where to start. Okay, you can get an account on Robinhood where they would loan you money, basically at like two to one. So if you put money in one of these gold accounts or whatever it was, say you put like $2,000, which I think was the minimum, they would turn around and say, okay, we're going to loan you another $2,000. So you could make bets or make trades with 4000 instead of your initial 2000 that you put in on the platform. So far, I'm with so far, you're with me. Now, it's not a good idea to do that as far as I'm concerned. Like, if oh, you... <laughs> if it on you, then you're ruined. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, if you go to a broker or something like that and you, you want to do trading on credit, they'll allow you to do that, but they're going to do a big, lengthy investigation to see, you know, can you cover that money if push yeah. comes to shove. But here, they just ask you a few questions, which you could easily lie to, and then they turn around and say, okay, here's double your money now. <laughs> Question one's like, you're going to pay us back, right? <laughs> like, you promise? <laughs> okay, now, here's where things get freaky. So, several users... Now, I'm going to refer to one Reddit user uh, whose name Control the Narrative. Uh, I'd tell you a bit about his post history. He sounds like a, a bit of a, a dickhead. Uh, I think... At one point, he, <laughs> at one point he made a post um, looking to invest in companies that didn't employ women or something like that. So he he's basically a gigantic asshole. I mean, you said Reddit, yeah. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so he was using this. I'm not sure if he's the one who found out the system, but he was definitely using it. What he did was he took this money from his gold account. So he put in the 2000 Reddit gave him another 2000 on credit. He took this and he went and bought a bunch of stock. Then once he had bought that stock, he took it over to another section of Robinhood and he basically sold it as a put option, which I'm not going to try and explain but basically what it is is that you're, you're, you're selling the option to someone to 
buy this stock at a particular price, okay? So he's got borrowed money, he buys stocks, he takes it to another section, he sells those stocks as a particular kind of option. Then with the money that came into his account as selling his stock as an option, he goes back to that original Reddit, uh, Robinhood Gold section and says, look, now I have $6,000. And then Robinhood says, okay, here's another 6000 <laughs> uh, I mean, that's, that's beautiful, man. Basically, when you just break an algorithm like that. <laughs> Basically, this is why the will never rule us. Because we're dickheads. Um, basically what he did was he was laundering money through Robin Hood's own system. I mean, the the, the misogynist part, I kind of am that. But otherwise, this guy's a hero. It, it, it's pretty clever. He's not the only one who did it, but it's pretty clever to launder the money in their own system. Now, other trading platforms are usually a little bit more adept at these things, and you would never be able to do this. And I would, I think you'd be hard-pressed to find someone who hasn't caught a glitch like this. But he did this multiple times, eventually getting up to, like, over $50,000. I mean, you'd think there's somebody, you know, like some security guard walking by that's looking at the screens like, oh, this little fucker. <laughs> like... Didn't that raise a flag automatically when he's doing it again, 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 again? <laughs> I guess they were just like, wow, he really likes us. <laughs> Nobody caught it. Nobody caught it. So here he's... I mean, yeah. I'm all for it. <laughs> anyway, he took this large amount of money and then he placed an enormous bet on Apple stock... So Apple computers on their stock dropping about two dollars uh, a share in a day, which is an incredibly risky bet to make for anyone on the stock market, let alone with fifty thousand dollars that isn't yours. Yeah, Apple um, annually has gone up every year for what, like fifteen years or so. Mm. And he did this d the day before their their big sort of uh, exposition, like announcement to shareholders stuff. So he thought their call wasn't going to go up. Yeah, exactly. And uh, he made this bet, and there's actually a video, and you can find this on YouTube if you search for, like, uh, Control the Narrative. There's a video clip of him on YouTube, because uh, he streamed watching the markets open and watching the stock price do its thing. And he just basically looked at the camera and said, Guh! <laughs> he was like, uh -uh. <laughs> And he lost $40,000, basically, in a few minutes. Yeah. This is why, um, for the second time, uh, we will step in this episode and say, Don't go all in to start. Go in with, like, 50 bucks. Have a little fun. Don't See put your fucking bank account in it. Because you... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and see, this is Wall Street bets. Like I was saying before, these people are psychopaths. They're placing yeah. gigantic bets. Yeah, I mean, they're ride or die that they're a legend that subreddit, which, gee, put that on your resume. Or they're bankrupt and nobody gives a shit. Nobody tries to help them. They're like, okay, LOL. Now, other people using the same system that Control the Narrative did 
also made huge amounts of fake money on their account. Uh, one person apparently claimed to have, you know, leveraged over a million dollars of money using this system. All of these people were eventually banned by Robinhood. Some of them made considerable bets and lost all of this money. Uh, nothing really happened to them. So they didn't go after these guys at all? I mean, I guess they can. It's kind of their fault. Well, yeah, that's the thing, right? Because Robinhood never should have allowed these people to leverage that much money in the first place. And with this system being able to launder money in their own app, just by going to three different places in their own app, they're probably liable for this. Now, again, I'm not a lawyer, but... I am. <laughs> but... Who's responsible for this? Like, Robinhood didn't take necessary precautions. They're loaning money without credit checks or anything like that, uh, without any sort of evidence of collateral. And if they turn around and sue these people, like the, the, this control the narrative guy, he's just a young guy. I think he was a teenager or something. What are they going to get out of suing him? Negative publicity. <laughs> so, it's probably not worth the fight, and. Yeah, I mean, it does become your fault at some point. Yeah. So, I mm -hmm. mean, if they left those holes open, it's probably a risk-reward game that even if they got some money back, everybody's going to think they're evil for it, which a lot of people do right now. But mm -hmm. they didn't prior to the GameStop thing. So, I guess it's not a hill worth dying on. Probably not. And, I mean, they banned these people, they closed it up, they covered the costs, and they closed the loophole. So, you know, there's no longer an infinite money glitch. Well, that sucks. <laughs> you should have told me earlier. <laughs> anyway, this just goes into the big long list of things that Robinhood has done poorly. Another example would be March 2nd, 2020. So, everyone's at home because of the coronavirus getting in on the trading action. The Dow Jones rose 4.6% on that day, on March 2nd, and then Robinhood's service went out. Man, I hate when that happens. So All the days! <laughs> it, they, they clearly don't have their act together, would be my assessment. Um... A little bit of that sprinkling some uh, disingenuous, disingenuous. Is that a word? No. Dis disingenuity. Yeah, yeah, that one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's again. Look at the name. Look at the name of the company, and that's how they're trying to charm you. And they're like, "Hey, look at this. Don't look back there. Do not look back there." And it's just, it wasn't really exposed to people until the whole GameStop thing. So they did offer compensation to some people who, you know, lost out big on this day because their app was completely down. Now, the extent of it or what compensation they're offering, they're doing it on a case-by-case -case basis. I'm sure whatever ends up happening, it'll benefit them in the long run. But again... I don't have the information to give you. They're looking for the smallest amount they can dole out that the publicity... Publicity... God, I am fucking up. Publicity <laughs> still looks good for them. Anyway. None of this is altruistic. None of this is looking out for you. It's damage control. <laughs> now that we've spent a good amount of time bashing Robin Hood, uh, you know, we've 
kind of used up our time for the episode. I was going to go on to talk about how terrible hedge funds were, because one thing I noticed on Twitter while this whole GameStop controversy was going on, there are actually people coming out and defending hedge funds and how hedge funds do some good. Uh, you know, right? I was going to talk a bit about it during this episode, but I'm not going to bother. Those people are stupid. That's an episode by itself. And yeah, the people coming out and asking Daddy to give them a fucking kiss. Like, there are these people, and you know, they're a bunch of big special baby boys that they will protect the rich guy because they're hoping somehow he's like, I see you, and it gets back to them. Even though that's literally never happened once. Hedge funds are evil. They're a bunch of yes. very rich people leveraging large amounts of money against you, right? Not yeah. just in the case of like Robin Hood or short selling. These people will bankrupt companies in order to help their friends buy them very cheaply. These people will push these companies to uh, devalue their stock, then do a stock buyback, at which point they will buy that stock and then get rich as the company buys it back. Like a whole plethora of things. Like I had a whole big list, but they're evil. They're giant evil capitalists. Don't defend them. You just look stupid. I mean, you you're not a pawn to them because that would be raising your value too much. You're not. You're not even like the shittiest piece on the board. You are something that they look at and they say how can I turn this into money? And if it destroys you and they make $5, they're fine with it. Fuck these people. And the end result is, and I've heard many people say this before, we're essentially gambling around here with nothing. When it comes to the stock market, you know, we have things like teachers' pensions and things like that invested in it. And these people's livelihoods can be made or broken by whether or not stock goes up or down. And it should not be that way. These people control the ability to crash everything, ruin a bunch of people's lives, or benefit just a few of them. Most stocks are overvalued, right? There's no yeah. doubt about that. Like a lot of the stocks that you can go out and buy nowadays should not be worth that amount. I'm not saying that's the case of GameStop. Maybe GameStop was actually undervalued but like take a look at something like tesla tesla's stock is not worth what is it it's several hundred dollars it's trading for now yeah and i mean tesla fuck them uh, not that i have any stock and i don't have any shares of that at all but um yeah i mean the number is stupid and it's made me some money but <laughs> it, you look at it and there is like a big why and it's because these guys said so 852 US dollars at the time we're recording this. Yeah, let's go, baby. I mean, I root for you little guys. Now, compare that to something like Apple. Is Tesla stock worth that much? Do they provide that much value? No. And no. it's not just, I'm using Tesla as an example, but like a lot of this stock is overvalued. It's not worth that amount of money. And we're betting all of our futures on this. Elon Musk was one of the people who came out behind GameStop because these short sellers actually 
would devalue Tesla stock by saying, look, they haven't produced any value. We're going to say that the stock is going down. Elon Musk hates short sellers, so he has a bit of skin in that game. He's not your friend in boosting the whole GameStop thing. Yeah, I mean, the quotes you get from the media from Elon Musk and his Twitter, I mean, as much of a fucking jackass as he sounds like, he knows what he's doing. And it's playing all of you rubes. Where his bread's fucking buttered. Anyway, Biscuit, what have we learned from this? Um, more money you got, the more of a fuckhead you are. In most cases. And maybe we should help ordinary people become bigger fuckheads? Yeah! <laughs> fuckhead in every pot. <laughs> um, listeners, I'd like to remind you. BigBadNonsense at gmail.com. Send us emails. Twitter, at BigBadNonsense. Tweet us. Or send me your dick. I don't care. Send me something. (laughs) I'll go dick for dick with you. (laughs) I won't do that. (laughs) We are available on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and TuneIn. I got them all. Got them all, no pauses, nothing. Nothing. Perfect amount. Excellent. I've become a pro at this whole podcasting thing. I'm getting better. Yeah, I mean, maybe someday for me, but clearly today was not the day. Anything we'd like to plug? Um, just a suggestion for people. What's that? Because he came up on uh, a show I was listening to. Just go to Google Images and search Harlan Hill. You're gonna laugh your ass off. Put a big special baby boy. You do it right now. You, you want me to do it right now as we're recording? Yeah, go look at go Google Harlan Hill. Look at a picture. Tell me you don't start laughing. Oh, okay, so H A R L E N. L A N. L A N. Harlan Hill. <laughs> He's a big boy. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, pod people. It's been great to know that you're listening. Go and Google Harlan Hill right now, please. That's the end of the show. Yep.